Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this June 21st, 2016 broadcast. I broadcast Monday to Friday, that's weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on WINB. And to find out more ways to listen to the program, including the podcast and, of course, the Weekend Vigilante customized app, which, by the way, I'm getting some fantastic feedback on, just go to the Listen tab on the menu at weekendvigilante.com. And if you haven't done so, please add me on social media. Those icons are at the very top right of my website. Hey, and I want to apologize for my June e-newsletter being late. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with the pre-order for our book. We ran into a couple little snags with the ISBN number on the book. So just be patient. I'm going to get some more information from the publisher today. I am really hoping by Friday, we will have a pre-order for the book, Power Prayers, Warfare That Works. Of course, as you know, Carla Butad and I have put this book together at the requests of our listeners. And let me tell you, the book lives up to its title. So have patience, bear with us. We're trying to get all that sorted out. But again, I'm hoping that the pre-order for the book will be ready by this Friday. Well, I want to jump right into the program. My guest tonight is Greg Jackson. You all know Greg Jackson. He's the national best-selling author of Conservative Comebacks to Liberal Lies, We Won't Get Fooled Again, and my personal favorite, 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die. He's a former radio host on WRKO in Boston, KDAR in Los Angeles, an accomplished speaker who speaks nationwide. He's written articles that have been published in the Wall Street Journal, Washington Times. He's appeared on C-SPAN, Fox News, interviewed on hundreds of radio stations nationwide. I could go on and on. And I got a chance to meet him in Dallas, met him in person. What a great guy. And it is such a pleasure to have him on the program. Greg Jackson, welcome back to the show. Wow, what a nice introduction, Sheila. Yeah, it's good seeing you. Last time we saw each other was in Dallas. And uh, I loved hearing you on that on that panel, on the media panel. I thought you were excellent. And we shared a table for at least 30 seconds, and then we weren't sharing a table for our, our, our book table in the back of the room. But uh, we did get a chance to, to hang out a little bit, and it was, it, it was great uh, meeting you in person. It's great being back on your show. People might not know this, but for my new listeners, and there's many, I got to tell you this story on air. Folks, I was an instant fan of Greg's. A few years back, I had read 
this article you wrote, and you know, as you know, Greg, I've been very outspoken critic of Al Gore. Well, I mean, I wrote about it in Green Gospel, the whole green agenda chicanery. So when I read your article, it was something like 10 questions we should ask Al Gore. And I read that and I thought, Greg, you had me at Al Gore as a windbag. <laughs> yeah, no, I know that that uh, is a, um, you know, I was on that for a long time. That was just a really something that was so upsetting to me, seeing them, and I know for you as well, for a number of years, and it still is to a large degree, uh, the, just the mainstream media just perpetuating this lie of anthropogenic global warming. And, that, and, and now I think people increasingly, Sheila, I think you would agree, they know that most of it is, well, all of it is a lie. And, it, and it's really nothing more than communist propaganda to force people to be subservient uh, slaves of, of the new world order and that it has nothing to do with climate, I mean, look, the climate is always changing, isn't it? We call it weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's predominantly the result of, of sunspots, of solar activity. Sometimes the, the, the Earth is in a cooling phase. Sometimes it's in a warming phase. From what I understand, from listening to experts in climatology, we're going into a, a global cooling phase, uh, which, well, you couldn't have guessed it from the past few days. But in actuality, there is climate change, and it is changed and, and, and affected through the intentional engineering of the weather, but for other more nefarious purposes that you've spoken about and that you write about in, in, in your fabulous new book, Green Gospel, as well. So, yeah, we're kindred spirits because we both have a, uh, a hatred for being lied to and for seeing others be deceived for nefarious purposes. That really is the order of the day. I mean, you've got very nefarious, Tavistockian, mind-controlled, mind-numb, dystopic trance. We're just being spoon-fed our opinions. We've been being spoon-fed our opinions from the time we're born. For decades, they've created our beliefs and opinions through this mass, mind-controlled, MK-Ultra, brainwashing machine propaganda. I mean, that's the absolute biggest tool of mind control. And the media and these talking bobbleheads. And, you know, in fact, this morning, you'll find this interesting, Greg. So I'm just listening to, like, I don't know, somebody at MSLSD, as I call them, or Clown News Network. <laughs> and I heard this bobble-headed minion, and he was saying, we got to get the guns. we got to get the guns. Why do we need semi-automatic weapons. And the first thing I thought was, listen, pal, it's not the bill of needs. The Second Amendment, Greg, it's not written in case the deer turn against us. I mean, the narrative, though, every day is, you know what the word God gave me the other day is intensification, just absolute intensification of the madness. Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. It, it boggles my mind, Sheila, no matter where I am, that uh, somebody made the comment the other day, 90% of the people they run into have no clue what is going on in the world. They have no clue the lateness of the hour. And, and these are Christian friends of his. And I said, well, I think you're being pretty generous with that figure. I would put it more at about 99%. I mean, to me, it's almost like I'm living in the twilight zone. Every conversation, Sheila, that I hear publicly, or on the media on TV, everything that I hear essentially it has to do about just about every other topic other than reality. 
what's really going on. But the Bible says in those days, the deception would be so great, right? Even the elect would be deceived if it were possible, which of course it's not. If you're chosen, if you're under the blood of the Lamb, if you're a saved, born-again Christian, it's not possible. Uh, because God has give, not given you a spirit of confusion, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind, of a, of a self-disciplined, controlled mind. You will not be deceived. But uh, to me, I, I go back and forth, Sheila, because the lies are so fast and so furious. To me, it's like Satan knows his days are numbered, and he's just throwing as much poop against the wall as possible to take as many people down to the pits of hell with him as possible. Uh, that this is kind of what I'm seeing on a regular basis. I mean, they're not even covert about the lies, as you just talked about. And, and to me, I'm kind of torn, because in a sense, uh, I'm frustrated and I'm angry, because, again, I don't like seeing people be deceived and lied to. Um, and, and yet, at the same time, I know that this is what the Scriptures say is going to occur in the last of the last days, before the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And um, I'm excited about that. So it's kind of, I'm kind of ambivalent about what is going on in the world. On one hand, I just I want to vomit when I see all of the gross immorality that's surrounding us, whether it's Target or the usurper in the White House or whether it's uh, public schools allowing grown men to pee and, and, and do their business al- alongside little girls. Yeah. I mean, the, these types of things are really upsetting to me. On one hand, the, the mainstreaming of homosexuality in our, our culture and our society, you know, these are things that I try to shield. And I know you have a young son as well. It's like, as a parent, you're just torn and you hate it. And you, you, you hate the way things are, all of the gross immorality and sin. But by the same token, I'm ambivalent about the times in which we're living in. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic, because, uh, Sheila, this could be the generation that our Lord returns. And increasingly... Things are are happening with such exponentially rapid pace and speed every day. Every time I look down at my... Now, some of your listeners are going to think to themselves, okay, this guy's really gone off the deep end, but I'm just going to share it with you anyway. I do believe in dreams and visions. Of course, the Lord can give a a dream or a a vision to anybody who he chooses. Uh, Some are valid, some aren't valid, some are just bad pizza, and we have to check it in, in, in prayer, right? But I've lately, every time I look down at my phone or at a clock, it's like the Holy Spirit is prompting me and the number 11 keeps coming up. And of course, the the number 11 biblically means judgment. And of course, we think back to 9-11. And so what the Lord has really, I think, placed on my heart, and the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart, is the lateness of the hour, the fact that we are already under judgment, the fact that that we have the things that we have in our society is Romans chapter 1, a society that has already been given over and that is already under judgment. That's not to say that future judgment can't be averted, but by the same token, I see that, that we are living in such a late, uh, uh, like 11.59 and 30 seconds, Sheila, is where I see the clock at. What about you? Eleven fifty nine fifty nine. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's as late as can be. It's we're really in the end of the end of the end days. I mean, you know, talk about an age and losing ground to the evil machinations of the devil and his minions. And I think that's a really important point you brought up because 
You're right. The world is celebrating filth. The children can be swallowed up in this cesspool of debauchery. And the stuff going on in the schools would make your, it's beyond nauseating. It's, it, we're drinking iniquity like water. But you did say something that's really important. And I thought about the scripture, woe to the inhabitants of the earth for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he hath but a short time, Revelations twelve twelve. So, you know, we know that this intensification, the acceleration, but it is really hard to kind of even get your bearings someday. I used to laugh years ago that, you know, we'd have a really good story like once a month, or maybe even we'd be lucky if it was, you know, once a week. But now it's moment by second by moment here. I mean, I guess as the dust settles on this Orlando massacre. Of course, just yesterday, we know the whole terrorist shooting 911 call. It's been scrubbed. And of course, the name Allah, that's been removed from the transcript. We know it's not the first time the Obama administration scrubbed any kind of official White House transcript. We know Rose Garden with Bo Bergdahl, that too was scrubbed. You've kind of got this narrative, hey, nothing to see here, folks. Hey, let's grab the guns. Do you find all this madness really unsettling, Greg? Yeah, I mean, it is, it's so out in the open. It's so obvious. And that's one of my greatest uh, things that I struggle with is how people that I think are biblically astute and discerning and, and mature believers, how can you not see the lateness of the hour and the signs of the times? I mean, we have Obama, his name means lightning, that uh, is essentially you know, the biggest enabler of jihad around the world. It couldn't be any more obvious that he goes out of his way, you know, kissing the ring of the Saudi prince and, yeah. and uh, saying that the sweetest words he's ever heard was the call to prayer. Uh, you know, it, it's, just, it's almost so obvious that people are in this, like you say, this dystopic just kind of mind fog where they can't think rationally and clearly. You know, I was speaking um, last week on a radio show that I, I was doing about this very topic, which is that when you think about it, who's been taken out of our society? Jesus has been uh, essentially removed from, you know, Christian teachings, the Ten Commandments, anything having to do with the Bible, Sheila, has been revo- removed from virtually every facet of society. Um, and so Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John fourteen six. He's the the Alpha, the Omega, he's the Logos, he's the logic, he's the glue that holds everything together. That's who Jesus is, among other things, but he's, he, everything was made by him and through him, and everything holds together because of him. And when you take Jesus out of a society, you remove the Logos, the logic, and you have basically people who can't think rationally and logically, and they can't speak, and basically you have Babel. That's essentially what we have right now is a, a, civil, a, a country that is devolved from one of the greatest, if not the greatest, Christian nation in the world for 300 years of American history, even predating our founding. Certainly not a perfect Christian nation in any sense, and certainly not without flaws, but probably the most righteous nation. And, and because of that, the most I think you would agree, the most blessed nation on earth because of our reverence uh, for the Lord and our knowledge of his word, the fact that we were biblically literate, we knew right from wrong, and virtually every facet of society reflected that. And now, because we've rejected the one true God, because we've told Jesus he's not welcome, because most churches are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and are preaching another gospel, a doctrine of demons in their little synagogues of Satan, 
I believe, Sheila, the, the sad reality is that God has taken his hand of protection off this nation. He's given us over, per Romans chapter 1, to judgment. Those are the days in which we're living. And I, I don't know, I think I have a pretty good idea of your eschatological uh, uh, belief. I uh, think the Bible clearly, clearly shows that Christians are going to endure the tribulation. Jesus comes back only, uh, one, there's only one second coming. There's not a secret third one in the middle, or it's a second and a half second coming. Uh, from what the scriptures say, he comes after the tribulation. And so I think that Christians need to uh, have a, a, a recognition, like the sons of Issachar, that, who knew the days in which we're living, and to prepare for it, and to have our lamps be full of oil, and to not be scared, but to be prepared. And uh, it couldn't be any more clear. In fact, I think it's almost, what, what do you think, Sheila? I think it's a sign God is, is he's making it so clear, because he does not, he's not the author of confusion. He doesn't want us to be confused. He wants believers to know the lateness of the hour. So in that regard, I believe that many of the things that we're seeing around us, whether it's uh, Mateen or uh, you know, the, the nefarious things that Obama is doing, or targets new transgender policy, all of the, the wicked deeds of darkness and evil that are just, you know, the satanic uh, tunnel that was just opened up in the Netherlands last week or a couple weeks ago. Yeah. These are all things where God, I believe, is allowing to show his people the lateness of the hour so that we would be prepared and be prepared to endure. What do you think about that? Well, I 100% agree. And I think the point is, though, here, you know, you mentioned this synagogue of Satan, this one world pope, he's running around trying to bring the religions together, the purpose driven apostates, these hedonistic huckster pulpiteers leading the people astray. There's a famine in the land for the word of God. People are just, well, you know, we can always use prayer as a last resort. People are not going to be ready for what's coming is my fear, because with the increase of demonic activity, I mean, you talked about the veil, God's hedge of protection, people have bypassed the hedge of protection, they've left the hedge of protection. It's kind of like Elvis has left the building. Well, I'm wondering if the Holy Spirit hasn't left the building because let's face it, we've kicked God right to the curb. All while the devil's ramping up his agenda in full swing. But my concern is the absolute cotton candy coma that they're in this coexist ecumenical oneness. Hey, kumbaya, let's join hands. Let's coexist. That's frightening to me. Is it you? Well, it is in one regard because I don't like seeing people lied to and deceived. Uh, and led astray from the one true church, the one true gospel. And, you know, when I see, for example, a couple of days ago, what just happened, the head of the Religious Ethics and Liberty uh, Foundation at the Southern Baptist Convention, Dr. Russell Moore, I believe his name is, he did something which is, and we were talking about, I mean, it couldn't be any more obvious to me, and I'm sure to you. I mean, they are now, this is the largest Protestant uh, uh, sect in, in America. They are helping Muslims to build mosques. Yes. And of course we know that, uh, so an, essentially the largest Protestant denomination is using their congregants money to come alongside Muslims. I mean, it's wrong on so many levels. I don't even know where to begin with, but to just to show the lack of discernment, I mean, Muslims who are preaching jihad, death to America, and that all Jews and Christians who don't submit to 
Allah uh, will have their heads cut off. So th- these are the types of things. I mean, if for no other reason, you have the largest Protestant denomination building mosques who, through the preaching of their false gospel, from their false holy books, from their demonic, uh, quote-unquote, holy Quran and, and other, quote-unquote, holy books, are sending people to hell, and the largest Protestant de- denomination is coming alongside them to help them send their adherence to hell. That is so wrong. It's so wicked. It's so evil on so many levels. And I think the only thing that I can conclude, Sheila, is that, that people like Dr. Russell Moore is either a useful idiot, he's being paid, he's woefully ignorant, he's, has never read the Quran, or like George Bush thinks that there are many ways to heaven and that Muslims do go to heaven. By the way, your listeners can easily go on YouTube and check that out. George Bush did say that, I believe, to George Stephanopoulos, that he does believe that Muslims go to heaven. And I think what we're seeing, Sheila, correct me if I'm wrong, we are seeing the mass deception, we are seeing the falling, the great falling away. And by the way, I think what God is clearly showing us, he's separating the goats from the sheep. And I'm not talking about the great white throne judgment. Yeah. I'm talking about, he, we are clearly seeing more and more clearly each day who it is that believes in God's word, who it is that believes uh, that the scripture is God breathed, that it is a final authority, that it is infallible, that it is authoritative, that Jesus is the one true Son of God, and that it is only through Him that any man or woman is able to have their sins forgiven and go to heaven. And so now we're seeing very clearly that many people who have called themselves Christians, who are self-professing Christian, and even Christian leaders, and even heads of large Protestant denominations— are showing by their own fruit, by the, what, what they are doing, Sheila, that potentially a lot of these people were nothing but tares growing alongside the wheat all along. Totally agree. And that's the point is, you know, you've got the Pope inviting Muslim imams to speak, vice versa, him going into these various mosques and Islamic centers to us. Yes. The deity of Jesus is that that's not even open for discussion, but Islam denies the death of Christ on the cross. So for Rick Chrislam Warren to run around and say, even last week, he was saying, we got to get more aggressive in this campaign to show the church just how much Christianity has in common with Islam. I mean, this is a frightening mishmash of stuff that's going on. And then, of course, you've got the Together 2016. You've got this who's who of the ecumenical circles. And as you just alluded to, the Southern Baptist helping build U.S. mosques in, in this interfaith coalition. Paul McGuire said something frightening on my show uh, several weeks ago, this idea that we're going to start seeing mega mosques in America. And that it is just absolutely frightening, this sort of coexist mentality, isn't it? It is. I mean, I mean, the coexist bumper sticker that you're talking about is, is, is coming to life. It's, you know, it's becoming a reality. I mean, it's always been a reality, but now it, it's really here. And, you know, we could talk about how ridiculous that coexist bumper sticker was with all the inherent contradictions of each religion. I mean, it's anybody, again, when logic is taken out of a society, we can't think rationally about these things. And we're, we, we end up uh, uh, being submersed uh, into a, a spirit of confusion, which we, we know, again, is, is not of the Lord. 
And so literally in our lifetime, Sheila, we are seeing potentially the great falling away, the great deception. And, you know, when you, when you think about some of the things that you just, I mean, Mateen and this whole thing that went on Omar Mateen, Orlando, whether it was orchestrated or not, whether it's a false flag or not. And I think, by the way, I think there are elements of it, even though we haven't discussed it, that, that uh, lead me to believe that this is another false flag event, even though probably people, and people do die in false flags, but they, it doesn't mean that they're not orchestrated, different types of false flag events. But having said that, I do believe that God is, is allowing it. He's allowing, uh, you know, just like he allowed Barack Obama to become president in Romans chapter 13 says that there's no authority aside from that, which God allows. Yeah. And so I mean, God is sovereign. He's, a, he's, he's, he's under, he's in authority still and always will be. And so uh, even, you know, like a Barack Obama, because this nation has become an abomination in the eyes of the Lord, in many ways, I believe he gave us Barack Obama, uh, you know, because we had become an abomination, an abomination in his eyes to judge us, to, to, to discipline us. And I believe Sheila that, and, and I think you would agree. I mean, we, God has shown throughout, uh, throughout time, uh, that he can, his judgment can be averted, that he can repent or change his mind, which is in the Greek, what repent means to change one's mind and that God can change his mind about the judgment that he seeks to, to uh, judge a nation with or a people with. And so I think we've had that opportunity. I think we still have that opportunity. But now I believe, Sheila, if we're going to do an honest inventory, an honest assessment, we have to admit, we have to take a look around us and say the gates of hell are opening up all around us. So the question becomes, what does a Christian do? in Babylon. Well, the first thing we got to know is that we're going to have to endure persecution. We are going to have increasingly, Sheila, we are just years, if not months away from the Bible being characterized legally in a legal sense as hate speech. And I believe that, that it's already happened to a certain degree, but I think we're going to see it increasingly where if you are a pastor or if you are somebody like you who has a ministry on the radio and you're, pre- you're just sharing God, what God's Word says about abortion or, or, or sodomy or, quote-unquote, same-sex marriage, if you're talking about any of those issues, uh, you're going to do what Twitter and Facebook are, are already doing right now. You will be expunged. I will be expunged. And so I believe that if we're not prepared for those times, shame on us because we're not going to have the oil in our lamps that we are going to need to endure. Do you agree? Well, not only I agree, but that's here right now. Even yesterday, DARPA rolled out new weapons to fight online extremists. And we cannot have Americans, Greg, who are, they say right in their document, who are reverent of individual liberty and extreme right-wing conservative Christian terrorists. That's here. And they've really launched this full-spectrum attack against conservative Christians. And I think, so what it comes down to is when you take the coalescence of all this, we ought to be looking at the example, I think, as believers of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, they said, come out of her. Their refusal to obey the king's decree, to bow down to the idol. And I think that's really important. Jesus himself was the one that said, don't be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And yes, there is going to be, as we see right now unfolding before us, those times of 
fiery persecution, but we can be assured, it says in Matthew and the Psalms, that he's going to sustain us. He's going to deliver us. He's going to save us eternally. We can't lose heart, even though outwardly things are just getting absolute Caligula level crazy meets circus ridiculous. But the point is, is that eternal glory far outweighs all of this. So we really have to fix our eyes on not what is seen, but the unseen, don't we? Because this stuff is temporary. Yeah, it's absolutely. So the believer never dies. The believer passes on. So if you are a believer, and I I pray that if you're listening to this show and and you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a born-again believer, and and Jesus himself says in John 3, verse 3, that you must be born again as he he relates to Nicodemus. And so read that and and take it to the Lord in prayer. Um, God knows, I mean, just because you got a little water sprinkled on your head when you were six months old doesn't necessarily mean that you are, are a born-again Christian. And that's what Jesus says, you must be born again. So if, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, I, I would say the lateness of the hour, Sheila and I have been talking about is here, and we love you enough to tell you that the most important thing, I mean, your other preps are important, obviously food, water. I mean, you got to be responsible for your family. You got to have all that stuff. And, you know, investing in, in, in the king's currency, which is, uh, and in the king, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose son is Jesus Christ. And by that, I mean gold, silver, palladium, platinum, go to Steve Quayle, uh, stock up on that stuff, prepare for your family. But the most important thing is to be prepared spiritually, because like Sheila was saying, and I love it, Sheila, Psalm uh, 5, part of my devotional today is, for it is you who blesses the righteous man, O Lord, you surround him with favor as with a shield. God will be your shield. He will see you through. It's not to say that we won't all face trials and tribulations, because we will. We do on a daily basis, but ultimately, He will see us through. And the fact of the matter is that if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have His blood, like the Israelites, and when they painted the door frames of their house during the Exodus, they were protected from the angel of death. You, too, will be protected from from the angel of death. Again, you, it's not to say that you won't have bumps along the road, but ultimately your life will be preserved. And as long as you have Jesus, you might die a martyr, but you, don't, you, you never die. You pass on into eternity with him forever. There, that's why the Christian never has to fear death, as I know you don't fear death, as I know that you would lay down your life for your brother or your sister, Sheila, because you know where your eternal destination is. You know where your home is. So my prayer is twofold. One, if you are a believer, be encouraged because God will protect you. He will see you through supernaturally. He will surround you. He will place his hedge of protection that maybe he may have removed from the United States of America, but you will have it, believer. And you can trust that. You can take it to the bank. And if you're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is no coincidence that you are listening to Sheila Zelinsky and I today share the gospel with you. Because if you're just, you know, being titillated by some of this information or you you find it fascinating, or if you're just listening for entertainment or just news and information, you want to be updated. I don't know why you're listening, but if you're not saved, if you can't point to a a time in your life where you have acknowledged that you're a sinner, that your sin separates you from God. And for all, if we're honest, we have to admit we've all sinned numerous times in our lives. We've all stolen something. We've cheated. We've lied. We've thought an impure thought. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all uh, committed a sin, uh, or many sins in our lives. And if you can acknowledge that, and if you can repent of those sins and you want to be washed clean from all of your sins in your life, 
today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Today is the day that you can turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way to, to have your sins forgiven and, and to have eternal life in heaven. It's through Jesus. Sheila said earlier, John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way to the Father but through me. Jesus said she's the only way. And it's not by belonging to a church. It's not by having, you know, your parents were Christians or you got a little water sprinkled on your forehead. It's by you getting saved on your own, repenting of your sins, receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. May today be that day. And all you have to say is, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I believe on your name. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. And people often scoff at that and say, oh, all you got to do to become a Christian is to say a prayer. Well, that's where it starts is to, uh, the, the Bible says, uh, godly sorrow that, that produces a godly repentance, not a worldly sorrow, but a godly sorrow where you're broken over your sin and where you, 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 you recognize your need for a savior. And when you do that, when you cry out to the Lord Jesus as a thief on the cross, did he trusted Jesus with his life? He was saved at that very moment. What did Jesus promise him? He said, today you will be with me in paradise today. And that's where the believer goes in spirit to be with the Lord Jesus Christ in paradise. You know, the, there is no purgatory. That is a false doctrine. There's no middle place that you go to get additional sins burned off. Friend, I'm here to tell you, there's only one way to heaven, only one way to have your sins forgiven. Today, let today be the day of salvation for you if you've not placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation for you. And I am so excited to meet, even if it's just one of you listening to our voices today, Sheila, even if it's one person that comes to faith and that is saved, I can't wait to meet you in heaven someday. Oh, what a party we're going to have rejoicing at that great banquet table of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That is so true what you just said there, Greg, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did back then, he'll do now. I get all these emails. Well, what's the point? You know, it, you know, it looks like Pharaoh's army is bearing down here. You know, I hear this. Well, no wonder the Muslims are taking over. The church is powerless. Folks, we are the church. This whole anti-God theme, yeah, it, it appears to be winning the cultural war. But I'll tell you what, the church has lost its saltiness and the preserving quality. But we've got to get back to the gospel God is the same. This is the same God that parted the Red Sea. We are in the very lateness of the hour. And I think it's really important for, especially if people are listening out there, maybe they're backslidden, maybe they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. But like you said, today is the day of salvation, isn't it? Today. Very quickly, I had this lady email me the other day and you know, she's an alcoholic and she's struggling and I don't know how many rehabs she's been in and out of. She wants deliverance. She said, I wonder if I should go back to rehab. I said, you should go to the foot of the cross. That's where you Amen. Should. I had the same conversation with a friend of mine who's been addicted to heroin and cocaine for 16 years. And uh, every time I tell him when he goes back to rehab, like you just said, I said, you know, you can go back to rehab if you want. But if you look at your track record, you've already been at about, a, you know, 12 of them. You know, a baker's dozen of the rehabs, and, and, and they don't seem to work. And the reason they don't work is because it's not Christ-centered. Jesus is your only answer. He will free you. And so whatever you're dealing with in, in, in this audience, there's only one unforgivable sin, on one pardonable sin. I mean, if you've had abortions, many abortions, if you've, you're looking at pornography, you're, you're, you've cheated on your wife, I mean, 
look at the great men of God in the Bible, whether it be David or Paul. I mean, these were adulterers. They were, these were murderers. And what did God say? What does God say about David? He said he was a man after God's own heart. That's how God viewed David. See, God doesn't look at the outside of a man. He looks at the heart. He's looking at your heart, and he knows your heart. We all know what's in our hearts. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah said it's wickedly deceptive and evil in all its ways. Who can know the heart? So if we're going to be honest with ourselves, and if we want to get right, if you really want to be freed from those things which are in, you're in bondage to, which you're enslaved to, you've gone to the rehabs, you've tried all these things, Sheila and I are sharing with you the good news. Jesus, we've seen him work in our own lives. He's freed us from the things that once enslaved us. And he can do the same for you if you just cry out to him and call on his name. He will free you. The name of Jesus is so powerful. Like Hawk uh, says, our friend Hawk, I love that guy listening to his show. He says there's power in the blood of Jesus. And he is the most powerful entity in, in, in the world, in, in the entire universe. There is power in his blood. You cry out to him today and he will do all the work. You don't get yourself all cleaned up and, and get everything in order and then become a Christian. No, you admit what God already knows about you, that you're a wretched sinner and that you're enslaved and you're in bondage to whatever you're enslaved and in bondage to. And he will come into your life. He will circumcise your heart. He will give you new desires. This is what he's done in the lives of Sheila Zielinski and Greg Jackson. And I promise you with every ounce of sinew in my and flesh in my body that he will do the same for you. I have that much conviction and belief in my Lord Jesus Christ. He will do the same for you and may today be the day of salvation. And let me just tell you something, Sheila, uh, like Gideon's army, I'm still, and I know that Paul McGuire talks about it when he comes on your show, Christianity is not fatalism. Yes, these are dark days, but they're also exciting days because the Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And I believe, Sheila, like I know you believe this too, there's going to be a great harvest of souls because when everything is taken away from us, our 401ks, our money, our houses, all the things that we cling on to for security and safety, you know, the American flag, whatever it is for us, the patriotism, uh, when those things are taken away, God's going to get our attention and he's going to show us plainly that he's our only hope because Jesus truly is our only hope. By the way, I'm not saying don't be involved in politics or elections and anything like that, but I'm saying ultimately it's Jesus Christ who is America's only hope and the world's only hope. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you say, what can I do? You know, Sheila's got this big show and she's got a big platform. Well, no matter where God has placed you, you can just simply pray, Lord, I want to be on the front lines for you in these last days. I want to help be a harvester of souls. And I guarantee you that if you just, if you seek the Lord and you ask him where he wants you to be, he will place those people in your past. He will put you in those circumstances and those situations where you will work for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what it's all about being a Christian. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not just up to Sheila Zielinski and Paul McGuire and these other people who come on your show, Sheila, and share the gospel and that are on the front lines. It's up to all of us to come alongside, shoulder by shoulder, elbow to elbow, to come alongside and to fight with the Lord Jesus Christ in the last days. And I pray, my greatest prayer for your audience, that they would come alongside you in your ministry, not only to support you financially and to do the great work that you're doing, and I would ask that you, if you listen, if you, if you drink at the Sheila Zielinski trough, if you're encouraged, if you're instructed, if, you, if you're guided morally and spiritually, if, if you're getting something, then come alongside Sheila and give back with a cheerful heart and be part of the great work that she is doing. And let's all come alongside each other in these last days. And let's 
glorify our, our Lord. No matter how dark it seems, our lightness is greater than any darkness that could ever come in contact with this world. Because he who is within you is greater than he who is of this world. Don't ever forget it. We already, if you're a Christian, you already have the victory. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross 2,000 years ago. If you know your identity in Christ, you know that you are God's child, John 1, 2. You've been justified, Romans 5, 1. You're Christ's friend, John 15, 15. You belong to God, 1 Corinthians 6, 20. You're a member of Christ's body, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I mean, there's so many promises. Go to the Word and know your identity in Christ and get girded up for the great battle, for the great fight, and for the great victory that is ahead of us. Amen. Well, and for those listening that don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've stumbled across this, just bow your head in prayer right now with Greg and I. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Your word says, whosoever shall call on you in the day of the Lord shall be saved. So that's Acts 2.21. So just say, Lord, I'm calling Mm. on you. I pray and ask Jesus to come into my heart and be the Lord over my life. According to Romans 10, if thou shalt Mm. confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved, it says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth Mm. confession is made unto salvation. I do that now, Lord. I come to you, and I confess Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that, God, you raised him from the dead. I am now reborn in you. And Father, you say in your word, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them? I'm also asking you right now to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, rise up with me as I praise God, and I fully expect to speak with other tongues as you give me utterance. Acts 2-4. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. And Sheila, that was a wonderful prayer, and I, and I just want to say one one quick thing before we part ways, which is that you know if you've prayed if you prayed that prayer, and now you're you're wondering what's next. Pray that the Lord would would lead you to a good Bible believing congregation, even if it's a family church, a Christ centered Bible believing Bible teaching church where you can grow in in your faith. Because you know we only get, and I think Sheila, you'd agree with me, out of it what we put into it. Yes. And so grow in your faith, get a Bible, and get into the Word. Start, start with reading John's Gospel, uh, read the book of Romans, and, and pray that the Lord would place other believers on your path. Because when you do that, you, you, you'll be amazed at how the Lord will work behind the scenes supernaturally, and He will do the work for you. Uh, but it's important that if you said that prayer, that now you take the next step and you, and you grow in your faith, because the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And if you've prayed that prayer today, Greg and I do want to hear from you. Reach out to us. I'm going to get Greg to give out his information. That's really important. We want to hear from you and we can guide and lead you in the right direction. Greg, in the waning moments, do give out your information, your website, and how people can get a hold of you. Absolutely. Yeah, if you want to email me, uh, you can you can go to my website, gregjackson.com, with two Gs, G-R-E-G-G, jackson.com. You can email me directly. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, greg, G-R-E-G-G, dot jackson, at gmail.com. And if you're looking for, shameless plug here, Sheila, but if you're looking for something to do to teach your children over the uh, last uh, weeks here of the summer, 
Uh, you can download my new book, 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die, because they're, it's a short book, Sheila. I know you've read it, and I think uh, you shared it with your son. These are just simple American truths about life, family, and faith. It's the opposite of the propaganda and the lies that the world and the, and the culture and the media and the schools and sadly a lot of churches are teaching our kids. And if you want to get them thinking right about the major issues of the day, you know, that the Bible is true, that, there, that there's only one way to heaven, that God created and defined marriage. I mean, these are just some of the samples that you want to teach your kid, you know, that what Sheila just said, which is uh, the Romans road and uh, the book of Romans, which is how you lead someone, family member or child to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's chapter 40 of the 40 things. I would encourage you to check it out on Amazon. You can just go type in 40 things to teach your children before you die and, and uh, get a copy of it and share it with your children this summer. Yes, absolutely. I was going to mention the book. The book really is an important process of that connection with our children, what we teach our children. Our poor kids are getting inundated with this socially engineered nightmare. And it's really important we step up as parents and be the kind of role model for our kids, be the kind of parents that our children need us to be. There is an attack on the Christian family, especially the Christian father as we just came out of Father's Day. Look at this Dove commercial, two males kissing. Our children are watching this garbage. They're being bombarded with all this social engineering. They're being inundated with someone's theology. And it's really important that we open the lines of communication. We be the kind of parents God wants us to be. And I think this book is so concise, and it really does a good job in tackling some of these very problems. So Greg, thank you for your passion as a Christian brother. Thank you for standing up for the truth. It's few and far between. And thank you for your time also in coming on the program today, Greg. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, honestly, Sheila, I, I took a like, like, look at my own life and I just said, you know, it's it, the, the darkness that we've been talking about in your show is coming so fast, so furious. There's a chance that I might have to be martyred. I might die for my faith. And and if we're going to be honest with ourselves, we want to leave our kids more than material possessions. We want to leave them with the truth. And that's why I made that list, and the list became a book. And I appreciate the kind words, and it's great being in the fight with you, shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow. It's always an honor and a blessing to come on your show and to redeem the time uh, with you, Sheila. And God bless you and your ministry as well. I can't say enough about, you know, I have a, it's a mutual admiration that I've always had, and I want to encourage you to keep speaking the truth boldly and loudly, as I know that you will in love. And ultimately, may we all be found, uh, hopefully, obedient to our, our, our Lord, because ultimately it's all about Jesus. When you have Jesus, you have everything. And that's essentially what you and I have said on this show today, Sheila, is that we're not afraid of the future because we already know how it, how it ends, where we're going to spend eternity. And when you have Jesus, you have it all. If people didn't get anything else out of the hour that we spent together, I pray that they would just know that if you have Jesus, you have everything that you need in this lifetime and for eternity. For eternity, well said, Greg. Folks, that was Greg Jackson, his information and the link to his book are there today on the bio, June 21st, 2016. What a great guy, just such a blessing. And I really encourage people to get that book. It's really a great book. Again, the title, 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die. And speaking of books, again, I'm really getting a lot of emails on when is Power Prayers subtitled Warfare That Works? When is that going to be ready? 
as you know, Carla Butad and I have teamed up to create this book after we were asked so many times, how do I pray? I'm not sure how to pray effectively. Can you guys give me prayers for everything from attacks to warfare prayers to praying for salvation, praying for our nation, questions on binding and loosing, questions on authority. And I think this is not because it's my book. I really do believe that this is the most important book in your arsenal for doing battle against the enemy. That's where we need to take this fight. We need to take the battle to the enemy. We can't just be passive, stand by and watch things unfold. We have power and authority. I sound like a broken record when I say that, but we do. We are given all power and authority over the enemy, and we need to be exercising that power. We can change things through our prayer, and prayer is powerful if you know how to do it right, and you know how to do it based on scripture. And again, as I told people yesterday on the show, we don't need this book. Carl and I already have developed these prayers. They work. And why do we know that? Because we develop them out of hell coming to our front doorstep, and Satan is ramping things up, and we need to invade the enemy's camp. We need to get equipped We have superior weaponry and equipment, and I believe this book is a weapon of mass destruction to the kingdom of darkness, and I'm already seeing a lot of retaliation, backlash from this, and so it's not surprising that this book is already having some issues at the publishers. When I was quoted the over $4,000 to get a copy, edited, typeset, book design, book cover, people think this stuff is free. But it's not. It costs a great deal of money that comes out of Carl and I's pocket to put this thing together. And it's just money that we don't have to put forward initially. It can take years to recoup costs just developing a book, just getting a book made. It's thousands of dollars. You don't just slap a book together in five seconds and fire it off there. There's a lot that goes into it. I just don't think people are aware of that. And if someone out there does have the means and wants to sew into what I think is the most important project right now, period, well, get a hold of me because we're having a tough time coming up with what we need to put this forward. And that's just the truth. You know, if it has to be on hold, that's unfortunate because so many people need this book. Maybe you're listening and think, I don't need a book on prayer. You haven't seen this book yet. Hey, you have not because you ask not. I think someone that has the means could be very blessed by sewing into what I believe is such an important need. Pray about it. I cannot say enough about what's contained in these pages. Genuinely, I don't think there's anything out there like it. So so as an update, I'm hoping that I hear from the publisher on what we can do as far as doing pre-orders and what all these costs are going to be. And don't forget, I still haven't paid for the Weekend Vigilante app. Those apps are $10,000. I'll be paying payments on that for Lord knows how long. And to think if I was mainstream news, I'd have unlimited resources. This stuff isn't free, but people do utilize it. So, and I know no one likes to talk about money. I don't like these telepickpocketists that get on TV and that's all they talk about. But Things do cost money, folks, and don't think we're not putting our lives on the line, both spiritually and physically, to bring you a lot of the information that we do. And let me tell you, the enemy is not happy about this book. So you know what? Financially support my work, pray about it, and I appreciate that very much. 
Tomorrow, we have a great program. We have a fantastic rest of the week. So we'll see you tomorrow. And thank you for tuning in. Good night and God bless.